Inside Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. And I'm Alicia Lubin. We're two broads living abroad, broadcasting from Santiago, Chile. We explore Chilean news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more. The Chile Today podcast is the first ever bi-weekly English-speaking Chilean news podcast. To learn more about the news topics you'll hear today, check out chiletoday.cl and enjoy quick updates from around the country on Instagram at Chile Today News. If you listen to the podcast, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, if you're feeling generous, rate and review us so more folks can interact with our show. To offer more support, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash Chile Today Pod for exclusive content, behind-the-scenes action, and bloopers. If you'd like to hear about a certain topic, have a story to share, or would like to ask a question, contact us directly through Instagram at Chile Today Podcast. I'm just like dang 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 still don't have it memorized though no every single week or time we record we read it because we cannot memorize it because i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be like oh i'm bethany but <laughs> i almost said i almost said and i'm alicia lubin i was like wait nope that's that's, that's me you're alicia I'm lubin alicia. i'm bethany francis so there you go now you know and that that over there is pinguino we gave him some potato chips, so he's nice and entertained. He's <laughs> loving it. <laughs> I hope you can hear him crunching a little bit in the background. If you hear a slight crunch, it's Pinguino. Pinguino eating his chips. He's very talkative, so we had to be like, Pinguino, here's some chips. Here's some chips, buddy. We'll take you out to go to the bathroom after the podcast. How are you all? How's everybody doing? Bethany, how are you? I'm still hungover from the weekend. Yeah, it that is, was... It is Wednesday, and I'm still hungover somehow. Oh, I miss my early 20s. Oh my god. How I miss them dearly. Yeah, like, I drank twice on the weekend. Like, I drank on Friday, and then I drank on Sunday, and I'm still suffering. I'm like, what happened to those weekends where I could, like, get drunk and stay drunk all weekend, brunch, rally, go out, do the thing? There's just no more rally. <laughs> no, there, what, what is, the only rallies I go to is the restaurant no? Rallies? Rallies? The restaurant What's from that? the U.S.? Is that a southern it's a thing? It's a burger thing. No, it has two different... Yes, actually, I think it is a southern thing. I think it's called, like, burger thingy thing in California or something. Burger thingy thing. Okay. Do, you, do you guys remember? It's Rallies in Arkansas. What is it in other places? I know it has a different name. Stripes. No. Checkers. Checkers. It's called Literally, Checkers. I have no idea. We had... <laughs> checkers. We had, I don't even know. We had McDonald's. No, it's it. called Checkers. It's called Checkers. Everybody, it's called Checkers. Yeah. How was your experience with the vote this weekend? Oh my god, it was intense. Um, it was it was intense, very emotional. Uh, I went out with you, actually, so you were with me. We were there. We were there. We were going out interviewing people at polling stations with our masks, of course, being safe and socially distanced. Um, and that voting turnout was amazing, you guys. 80% almost voted for Prevo. Wow. It was an incredible... Incredible sight to behold because I feel like this whole past year, um, people have been getting out into the streets and rallying and fighting tooth and nail for something to budge, for something to change. They've been checkering. They've been checkering, yeah. And um, it's to see that come to fruition in one day and everybody like got so out and lined up and voted and the sun was hot, but they didn't care. They were out there. They were walking. And then continued to party like all night long and gathering in the square you yeah. know and seeing that joy and the hope and and the life breathed back into the people of chile was yeah. something remarkable 
Yeah, it's it's been a long journey and it's not over. You know, we still have two years of we have votes. We, <clears throat> we're going to talk about the process of all of that here on the episode. But it's been an emotional weekend for a lot of people. Uh, and for Alicia and I, it's not over because next week there's a, a U.S. election that's uh, also going to be quite intense. Yeah, we'll see yeah. how that one goes too. Maybe that's why I'm just tired. I'm not hungover. I'm just like sucked of all my energy from being anxious about elections. But one more week and we'll know. We'll know what, what <laughs> one happens One more week in the and uh, then we'll see what happens. We'll update you about how we're feeling. If you had an entertaining story about your weekend, about maybe you voted, maybe you wanted to vote, or perhaps you were out there in um, Plaza, Digging Dad Plaza Italia. Uh, tell us about it. We want to hear about it. Yeah, we want to hear your story. What was your voting story? Did you wait in line for an hour and a half, or did were you one of those lucky folks who got to get in there and get out? Um, my boyfriend actually was one of those, what's it called? Apodados? The guy who counts the votes. The voter guy. The voter guy at a table. Okay. So, Pinguino just corrected me. It's called a, and I've automatically just forgotten how it's said. It Okay, so he was there to make sure that the votes got counted correctly, that nobody drew dicks on the votes and stuff, which apparently, like, there were a couple dick votes, he told me. Um, and it was, yeah, he says, they, hey, of course, they had to throw out those votes. Imagine lining up for an hour and a half to cast your vote and you just draw a dick on the ballot. That's dedication. <laughs> Something. That's, I don't know what that means. I mean... But. Chileans are very famous for just drawing dicks on random things. It's very Chilean. We'll discuss the history of Chilean dick drawing in oh a future episode. They have a word for it. I forget what the word is, but there's like a specific word in Chile for drawing a dick on things. And <laughs> Pinguino's Pinguino, looking at me weird. I swear to God, there is a Chilean word. Um, anyway, we'll update you on that word once Pinguino thinks of what it is. But it, it is a, it's a thing, actually. Today we're going to go over votes, what you can expect to come up, what you can expect in the coming weeks and years, and also we've got a fun letter uh -huh, from one of our from listeners. A viewer, viewer. From a listener. Listener. Maybe <laughs> they And yet, see, we're so tired and like still hungover, and yet today we're going to drink <laughs> in our podcast. We have some fun Chilean cocktails that mm -hmm. we want to tell you about. Um, because co co Cocktails part two. Why not? It's Wednesday. Why not? It's Wednesday before we're even done with our work day. Why not? This was a good idea. We thought like, hey, we're going to be so relieved and want to relax after all the anxiety. And turns out maybe we should have just tested, tasted different coffees. Ain't no rest <laughs> for my liver. No rest for the wicked. Okay. As you know, Bethany, mm -hmm. about over 78% of Chileans voted in favor of um, approving a new constitution or Yeah. And there were some select comunas that did not share the same sentiments as the majority of the country. Gasp. And a couple of them were in areas where there's more conservative families. And... You mean rich families? I meant conservative families. Mm. And in the province of Tamarugal? Tamar Google. Um, at an altitude of 3,702 meters, they're right next to the border of Bolivia. There's a commune of Colchane, and that there the rechazo option was imposed with a 74.06% vote, almost tripling in Aprovedo. Um, and 
they noted that the majority of the folks in that community were a little bit older, they were more conservative. And these are some of the things that we saw across the board. Um, it became one of the five communas in the country where Le Trasso triumphed, and by a really big margin, a little bit sharper than the folks living in Antarctica, which were 67.7% versus 32.2% approbado. The eight people living in Antarctica. Right, and the penguins make it for the penguins. Pinguinos oh my God, Pinguino, what did you do? What has your family done? <laughs> um, you have to talk with Grandma at Thanksgiving. Chilean Thanksgiving? Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> Very um, gringo-centric. It's almost November. come as a complete shock to you, but in the communes of Vitacura and Lobarnechea, um, the votes were about six, over 60% rechazo, and in Las Condes it was 55% rechazo. Gasp? Yeah, gasp. Whoa. Shock, shock and, and awe. awe. Um, so, also voting abroad, there were seven countries where the rechazo option was um, won. And that was in El Salvador with 53% rechazo, Guatemala was 56% rechazo, Jamaica was 62% rechazo, um, Lebanon 64%, Panama 53%, um, UAE 51%, and Venezuela was 52%. Which, for me, the Venezuela vote is hilarious. I'm confused. The right wing continues to say that Venezuela is the whole reason why we're getting a new constitution because they sent like 612 like infiltrators here and yet venezuelan voters voted against it of course it's just propaganda like venezuela is not trying to do they don't have enough resources i don't think right now no offense venezuela but i feel like they're just you know doing their own thing right now i think they have other they have bigger fish to fry they have they have bigger fish to fry and yeah. they don't have many fish <laughs> to fry either so they're i don't know they're not landlocked they're landlocked no no see they have fish see <laughs> see? See? Mar, see, see, they see. have fish. Um, so you know, it, I just think it's kind of ironic that that's the kind of the propaganda tool, and of course, the memes all over Chile right now about Venezuela are hilarious. Have you seen them? No. Oh my god, they're hilarious because, of course, the conservative Chileans are like, "No, we're gonna turn into Chilenzuela," and the memes are hilarious. It was like. I've been a Venezuelan for three days already, and why do I still have the same size poto? And it's just so funny. Or, like, they have, instead of Sodimac, which is the place you buy um, tools, it's like Sodimarks. It's just <laughs> so funny. It's, you know, the the people who vote Oprah will just making fun of the whole, like, Chilenzuela, like, discourse. It's, it's funny. It's, it's ridiculous. So... Yeah, there, there are people that are coming out and saying, like, well, maybe the folks in uh, Colchale, they maybe they couldn't get to the polling stations, maybe they didn't have transportation. But the mayor kind of came out and just said, like, now nah, the majority of the voters who participated, they're just older adults and they're conservative families, and it makes sense for them to vote that way in their region. Um, so that was that was more of, since we, we had... We're seeing all this news about Apuvedo, just kind of want to explain maybe where the rechazo vote came from a little bit. For the folks who, for those twenty-two percent of the folks that voted for it, yeah, the like the, but in, that's still insane. Like, so overwhelmingly that a prebo won, and that the Chilean country is ready for change. Right, right. Like it's so. For so Chaso, so that was it. Nelly song like, "Hey, must be the money." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, people are like, I don't know why. It's for, it doesn't make any sense for me. The rationale of like, okay, we're getting a new constitution, and therefore we're gonna be Venezuela. I mean, it, writing new constitutions. I mean, even for Chile, is not a new thing. Constitutions get rewritten all the time. So, hopefully, we'll we'll see what happens. There's still a lot of steps to be done. A lot of steps for no matter what you know political stance you're in, you still have a voice. So get ready for those things. I'll talk about those things in a second. Right now? Right now. Okay, right, right now. now. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> here's what's happening. So as Alicia mentioned, this is the highest turnout of voting since voting became voluntary in 2012. For a long time, voting was obligatory. So, of course, she said 78%. Um, and the original one, as we talked about in the previous episode, which you can listen to, the original, or the one we just had, was written in the Pinochet era in the 80s. So, we're getting a new constitution, what the, and we're also getting a constitutional convention. So, what that means is that a group of people that are voted on by the people that are not politicians will make up the body that will write the constitution. Um, and this will be the first ever constitutional convention with equal parts men and women, which is amazing. Thank goodness women, 50% of the constitutional convention will represent 50% of the population. What a strange idea. I know, it's crazy, right? Wow. Cray cray. Okay, so the constitutional convention will consist, for now, because this could change, of 155 citizens, and they will rewrite the constitution so, um, Chile will, whoops, yep. Okay, so, gender party. The gender parties will be ensured at the district level that elect uh, an even number of seats, and they will ensure that, for example, the majority of the men who got the votes will get half the seats, and then the women, the other half. Um, so, if that is an odd number, there will be maximum number of seats per gender, depending on that number. On 11th of April of 2021, Chileans will go back to the polls to vote on these candidates, and it'll be similar to parliamentary elections, uh, depending on the size of the district is the size of representatives, things like that. Um, doop dop deep, what's next? Okay, so the, right now they're debating on whether they're going to add a number of specifically indigenous people to the convention, which is why I said the 155 might change. That's debated right now. Um, and it's very, it's very highly debated. We don't know what's going to happen. The left really wants that to happen, while the right believes that that'll skew people in favor for the left, since the indigenous communities typically are left-leaning. Um, if you want to, if you're Chilean listening to this and you want to run for candidate of the Constitutional Convention, you must be at least 18 years of age without a criminal record. And once elected, a convention member will not be allowed to run for public office until at least one year after the body finishes its work, which is two-year duration. Which, it's really funny, because uh, Pineda came out, I don't know if it was yesterday, I think yesterday, and he was like, hey, politicians, you should resign your posts and run for the Constitutional Convention, which I think is <laughs> hilarious. I mean, hasn't the people in Chile made it very clear that they want, they don't want politicians involved in writing their constitution, they want people. Right, and what if they don't get elected? Yeah, and then they lost their job. They're like, I was making $5 billion a year. Not really that much, but a crap ton of money. And now I have no job. I think that's so funny. Well, they might want to rely on a government that helps its people more. Yeah. At that I, point. Maybe they'll see a need for some changes. But. A knee. 
Well, I will see what happens. All of it's very intriguing and interesting and will be even more intriguing when I'm not so anxious about the U.S. election. So, the convention's timetable, as we said earlier, you have voting on the representatives uh, in April. Um, so once everybody's elected, the body will have nine months to write and present a final draft. Um, they can request a three-month extension if they would like to. So this means that the convention could effectively have one year for a new draft of the Constitution. The body will then vote, which needs two-thirds of its members to vote in favor, which is a crap ton of, of a majority, which... It, one reason why certain parties on certain political leanings want to make sure that their representatives get in to block, make, not necessarily to approve what they need to, but to block any things that they don't want approved. Because they can still sort of manipulate that. A constitutional cock block? A constitutional cock block. Yes, exactly. Um, so, so the second referendum... So an exit plebiscite will then be set after the Constitutional Convention reaches an agreement. Chileans will then either accept or reject the contents of the new Constitution. So once it's written, the Chilean people will still get their say. Which I think all of this is great. It's all very democratic. I think it's really, really good. I'm very hopeful. Okay, so the dates can vary, of course, depending on how long the second referendum takes to ride and be approved. Um, but... What we know is that this will be a mandatory um, vote after everything, and it must be at least 60 days after the proposal is delivered. If the, delivered. So if voters approve the new constitution, then the 1980 constitution, the old one, will be replaced for good. But if voters reject the new one, the old one will remain. I have a feeling, based on the 80%, almost 80% people coming out, um, that it will be replaced, but we still have a long way to go. It's a, probably a two-year process. We'll see what happens. Um, but it's all exciting. The, the air in Chile is very exciting right now. I'm excited. What a time to be alive here in this phenomenal country uh -huh. where there's so much change, and obviously um, with change comes like little pockets of vulnerability for the people in the country. So right. let's just hope everybody minds their P's and Q's and we don't have... Any people trying to come in and damage the political system? Or... What I'm trying to say is the U.S. should just stick their nose only in the U.S. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, maybe that too. Maybe that's in a roundabout way. I'm just like, I hope And that... the U.K. being Slytherins and all that, Slytherin their way in. The crumpets. I think we talked With about this the <laughs> other scones. day. scones. Scones. Okay, let's not bring up the scones again. Or the British. Or the British, right. Um, would you like some tea? <laughs> we have my family we have a letter from a listener who which we to, love we love if you have a letter that you want to read about your life in chile how you got here how much you hate us slash love us slash fan mail for pinguino send it to us at our instagram at chile today podcast or email us at um, chili tip podcast at gmail.com. We love you and we love letters and we love Pinguino. Okay, so this is Amanda. She says, I was born on a cold winter evening at 11.47 p.m. in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'm the daughter of two Chileans who came back to Chile after the dictatorship. That said, politics are not the backbone of this story. This is just my experience coming here at 13. 
Let me give you a little bit of my backstory. Both my parents were born in Chile, but I left in 1973 for political reasons. Since I was born, everything I've learned in terms of value has come from my parents and TV. My life in Canada was like my Christmases, full of innocence, belief in magic, and the overall sense of warmth and safety. <laughs> She's such a great writer, right? Yes. Waiting for Santa, snowball fights, making snow angels, then running into the house, red nose, rosy cheeks, where my mom would give us hot chocolate with marshmallows. Every Xmas, after leaving Santa, milk and cookies, me and my sister would go to sleep, only to wake up to the sound of Santa's sleigh bells. We always just loved him. And there were presents under the huge tree, so many toys, so spoiled, so happy I lived in a bubble, basically, until the seventh grade. The bubble of four lies that TV tells you. One, honesty is the best policy. Two, it doesn't matter what happens as long as you did your best. Three, the outside is not important. It's what inside that counts. Ha ha. And four, love us forever. My parents tried to pass values to me, but they felt strange, so traditional and Latino, so Chilean. I didn't care about Chile. Why would I? I mean, seeing these images of this country for me was as far away as watching the images of poverty in Africa or war in Romania. I mean, what was this Chile? Might as well be Chile con carne. <laughs> I felt no relation to this faraway country and had no cable TV that had no cable TV or hairspray. Very important to a seventh grader. They didn't even have McDonald's. So at this point, what could this country offer me? Once I started seventh grade, the values my parents had tried to pass on to me went completely out the window. What was important to me was fitting in. I wanted to be part of a clique, to be cool, not get beat up. Part of this included stealing. So I did at the neighborhood 7-Eleven. When I got caught, they called my parents and they were beyond shocked and disappointed. They decided to take drastic measures. And that's how the country that I was never going to step foot in became my next stop. One-way flight to Santiago de Chile. We came to Chile because of my dad's health, empanadas, and so that I could learn wholesome family values. It's funny how the first thing I did when I set foot in Santiago de Chile was throw up. Not the best way to start my relationship with Santiago. My first impression of the people is a blur, a bad nightmare that you still float through. I remember so many unknown faces kissing my cheeks, strangers I had just met hugging and squeezing me. This new family I had never met speaking this unknown language eager eyes expecting for my reaction to unknown words. All I could think of was how much stranger's spit was on my cheeks. My stomach became queasy at the thought, and for the second time since I'd set foot in Santiago, I ran to the washroom to throw up. It took me six months to realize we weren't going back. I wasn't a big hit at school. Everyone expected a bubbly, happy-go-lucky gringa. I was anything but. I was quiet. I barely spoke a word of Spanish, and I hated being in Chile. Therefore, I hated everyone. And I must have been so charming. To make things worse, I wore thick glasses. I was four-eyed, lanky, angry 13-year-old who wanted to fade away but wore baggy, bright colors. I stuck out like a sore thumb. In Chile, everyone wore navy blue, black, and maybe a hint of brown. Needless to say, my big, bright clothes and dorky white backpack with the huge Canadian flag did not add to my popularity. I was so sheltered, I had never seen a homeless person. Another first for me in Chile. And again, a wave of nausea overcame me and I wanted to throw up. My bubble burst. I started reading about politics, the dictatorship, the tortured. No nausea, just complete disbelief. This was the kind of thing that still existed and still does. The stories were so horrid. I was used to reading Sweet Valley High and Nancy Drew. It didn't, doesn't matter how times, how many times people tried to explain to me all the economic jumps we were given or, were, or gave during the dictatorship. What happened, what happens today is not acceptable. Back to my story. My parents put me in an English school so that the transition wouldn't be as hard, but it was expensive. And so they told me if you get good grades, it will pay 
will pay to keep you here, otherwise we're changing you to another school that is cheaper. The thing is, I was being bullied, for example, in some of the arts and crafts classes, kids would hide my materials or break them and put them back in my desk. I never told anyone I didn't say anything, I just didn't do the work, so I started getting bad grades. My parents would yell at me, ground me, who gets an F in arts and crafts? You're not even trying. So they said they were going to change me to another school. Truth is, I didn't like the school, but I didn't want any more change. Then something happened. It seems overnight, but it was winter vacation. I got contact lenses, grew boobs, and a butt. Something hot appears. Went from being so ugly, ugly to being really cute. I still hated everything, but something changed. It was how people treated me. I went from being shunned to being very popular with guys. Even the mean girls wanted to be my friend. It was so obvious the switch in how people started treating me. I hated it. I hated people even more than before. Don't get me wrong. I love attention. It was way better than being bullied, but I swore to myself I would never be that superficial because I realized people only care about how you look. To this day, I still feel like I don't know. I just have this thing that mean girls like me, and that's the way you look is way too important. I'm not sure this is exactly like a Chile thing, though it was my experience as a 13-year-old arriving in Chile. Amanda, thank you so much. Thanks, Amanda. We love your story. It's great. Thanks for sharing your plight with us. I can't wait to see your butt. I bet it looks good. For our listeners, we will post a picture of uh, Amanda's butt. Um, <laughs> no, I think we might have missed the purpose of the story. <laughs> I will say that Amanda is one of my friends, so I feel like I can say that. Um, Thanks for sharing, Amanda. Yeah, Amanda. Thank you for being vulnerable and, and sharing intimate parts of your life with us. And parts man. of your body. And parts of your body. Yeah, like it, like it. Thank you. Um, as we talked about before, we decided, um, in advance of this episode to do an alcohol episode, a cocktail part two. Our first cocktail episode was part one, which was our first ever episode. So if you want to listen to Alicia drink out some alcoholic beverages from Chile for the first time, then, um, check out that episode, episode one. Uh, and also we'll tell you how to make these very Chilean typical beverages. Okay, so tell me what you're looking at right now, Alicia. What's it look like? All right, well, we've got um, some brown substance and a snifter with foam. Yes. I'm sorry I always use snifters for things. I just think they're pretty. They're gorgeous. Right? I, yeah, I think they're very appropriate for a variety of beverages. My so. mother-in-law gave them to me. They're real crystal, and I was like, oh I'm going to use them for everything. You're trusting me with these? I mean, I got like eight of them. Don't you know how clumsy I am? I got like eight of them. Don't tell, like so if they break, then I mean they're, they're for being used, right? It smells like the hand sanitizer people keep forcing really? upon me, thrusting into my hands. Really? I don't know. Like I've never made this. I've had it before. At uh, I made this myself. I've, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't smell it. I've I've had it before at a restaurant, but I've never made it. So this is called Vina. And um, it's not so typical in Santiago, but it's more typical in um, other parts of the country at restaurants. So let me tell you about, um, should you drink it first and I tell you about it? Or should you... I noticed that yours is rather small compared to Pinguino and mine. Mine is a leftover. Oh. Yeah. You don't have to drink all of it. I'm not pressuring you. Just take a sip. It's I'm not... Doing it. Well, it's really nice. See, there you go. Did I have a little foam mustache? It was adorable. And you were staring at it, and I, I could tell you were foam. trying not to go. <laughs> I right like to your little foam mustache. So tell me, tell me what's what it tastes like. What's going on here? 
it tastes very smooth. It almost tastes like it's sweet. It's smooth mm-hmm. and sweet, but not overpoweringly, like not overwhelmingly sweet. Mm-hmm. The foam is very nice. Um, so it finishes very creamy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm describing this like beer. Sorry. I'm not really sure how to explain what cocktails. Apparently I did the first time. We also have a beer episode if you guys want to listen to because she knows things about beer. I take, you know, a couple things about beer. Just one or not, two or eight. Many. I might have just fumbled my way through that episode. But um, this, I was there whiskey? There's a couple of drops of whiskey, which okay. is what the 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 um the recipe calls for. It almost reminds me of a stout or like a coffee drink. It 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 tastes like a stout, but it has no coffee in it. Yeah, it's really nice. A little chocolatey almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no, there's cocoa powder in it. Uh-huh. Hey, hey hoo-ha. Oh shit, Ooh, I'm supposed to put cinnamon on top. Let me can I put some? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then taste it again. Okay. Give me a second. Okay. This is me walking to the kitchen. Cocoa powder. No, wait, no, cinnamon. Cinnamon. Some canella makes it hella good. Okay, taste it now with the cinnamon on top. Okay. I like it with the cinnamon more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. That's what it was missing. It's really nice. It's part of the recipe I just forgot. So tell me all about this. Okay, so the ingredients, we'll post them on our page. This is an egg, as want the Chileans like. Cocoa powder, um, powdered sugar, Sweet wine or cognac, mm. sweet wine or cognac, and then a couple of drops of uh, whiskey, and um, that's the foams from the egg. And then you, you blend it all together. You top it with cinnamon. You can make it a slushy kind of situation if you want, and um, it's really good. So let me tell you about it. This is a ch- very chilling cocktail, very traditional um, cocktail, and it's actually used as an appetizer for uh, before you eat dinner. Before you eat dinner kind of appetizer, um, which is kind of weird because it's kind of a heavy drink, right? It's, it is heavy. It's very viscous. Right, It's because, I don't know, like, it's chocolate. It's it's sort of like a, it's not, it's not as sweet as Kahlua, right? But it's kind of like a heavy kind of, kind of chocolatey beverage. It doesn't taste syrupy sweet either, which no. I like. It tastes delightfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not syrupy. It's because the the alcohol in it is um, is sweet wine, so it's not like it's really good. You guys should try it. It's it's very uh unique. Um. Anyway, it's called uh vine vina. Yes, vina. And they don't know why it's actually called vina, but apparently vina is a word in Chile that is like wea or means like thing. And so they would just refer to it like as that thing. And so there's an anecdote that says the origin of the name of the drink is actually from Andres Bello, who was living in Santiago. And he would go to um, different places and he would always order this cocktail. And he would just be like, give me that shit, give me that vaina. And they would come and they would bring it out to him. And so it just became a thing, like what Andres Bello said, like, give me that vaina. And um, so that's how the name became Vina of this drink. It's really nice. Yeah, it's it. nice. It's not too heavy for our continued hangover, right? Actually, now that I'm, I drank a little bit of this, I'm like, oh, my body needed alcohol. <laughs> Maybe think, it's like a breakfast. Yeah, I think my body a little bit was like, see, thank you for this addiction. I needed this. You've been drinking all weekend. I think that... You know, you mentioned that it is a liquid appetizer, which, why not? 
Um, but I think it would be very nice on like a colder day, nestled up by a fire. Mm, and yes. you drink it to kind of warm up or yes. like start your day. Like what was the other drink that we had last time? Malte con huevo, I think. Yeah, that, that one. That was episode like one. The breakfast of champions. Like, right, that was over the breakfast. Weeks. Yeah, Chileans like their um, before – before work cocktails, during work cocktails, <laughs> which we've done, we did on the Chilean food episode. We had the, we tried the, or I took a shot of a during work cocktail, which is just basically rubbing alcohol. So there's a lot of things, but this one, it's, it's fun. This one's Vina. It, it's usually served sweet. Sorry, sweet. Cold. Obviously sweet. It's got chocolate in it. But um, it's yummy, right? It's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So give me a second for the other ones. Walking in the kitchen. Okay, so um, what are you looking at? I'm looking at a wine glass full of bubbly substance. Okay, what's it smell like? An adult cherry vanilla soda pop. Okay, so this is called Jote. Jote? Jote. Jote. And that means like vulture. Um, so the reason it's called vulture is because of the color because it's red like blood oh black like a vulture yeah okay okay how about you taste it it's really good it tastes like cherries it tastes like a berry of some sort like a fruit yep and vanilla it tastes like vanilla to me you're on the right track oh good um Yeah, like a, a creamy, ooh, it tastes like cream soda, girl. Yeah. Like a cherry cream soda. Yeah. With alcohol. Yeah, sort of. Okay, so this is literally just red wine and soda and Coke. This is red wine and Coca-Cola. That's it? That's it. Also, how did this come to be? Um. Okay, so it's actually pretty popular in many countries. It's called Jote in Chile, as I said, because of the dark color. But it's also found in countries such as Spain and Brazil. And it's very, very traditional on the Chilean National Day. And the reason it's popular is because red wine is so prevalent in Chile. But it gets so hot that they put something kind of cold in it to, to drink the red wine with. And um, a lot of old men like this drink. It tastes like a cream soda. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. My boyfriend was like, oh, don't serve her jote. It's disgusting. I'm like, jote is actually pretty good. I mean, it's super, like, kind of, like, I guess not uh i don't know fancy to put uh coke in red wine but it's kind of tasty i mean it's no more like redneck than my family put in tomato juice and olives and beer so it's not above me what is the what why south dakota beer so is that like a a type of michelada is that what that is i suppose so it's bush light your finest can of bush light and then you pour that on in a glass with some tomato juice, and then you just throw a shit ton of green olives in there. That sounds like a Mexican michelada. It is a salad. It is a yeah. liquid salad. That's in, in Mexico, because here micheladas are different. It's like lemon juice and beer and like hot sauce. But in Mexico, I've ordered micheladas, because in Chile, they're like, they're Mexican! So I went to Mexico, ordered them, and they're like, here's some Clamato with ice and beer. And I was like, no, thank you. 
it was gross. So as far as like mixing ingredients, I think this is this is really nice. It tastes like a soda. Yeah, it's, it's not. And then of course, since it's watered down wine, you're not going to get like super ratchet with it real fast. I mean, I'm sure there's some old dudes that on the 18th of September get real ratchet with this, but you just have really, really, really. It's like a sangria. You just use the cheapest red wine you got. If you have cooking wine or whatever. Then put Coca-Cola in it. I used Coke Light mm-hmm. um, because I don't like the really, really sweetness. But you can use regular Coca-Cola. Like I said, you're not going to be able to order this at a restaurant because it's super, like, I don't know. It's really cheap. So, But you can make it at home if you're trying to, like, impress your family in the, the U.S. and be like, this is a, a beverage from Chile. Just don't tell them what it is. Yeah, they'll be like, wow, this is so, so good. It's profound like, in my palate. I know. It's like, oh, my goodness. Wow. Chili wine. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pinguino thing. reminded me, because I did know this, but Pinguino reminded me, Jote is also used to describe kind of a creepy dude. If, you, like, somebody, like, a like a, like if you're at a bar or whatever and some dude's staring at you and trying to flirt with you, like, he's a Jote because he's a vulture. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's also used to describe that. So, and then there's the verb Jotear. So there's, there's that. You'll hear that's a Chilean word. That's yeah. fun. Fun yeah, fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Okay, this next one um, might be your least favorite, sorry. But it's very special. Very, very, very special beverage from Chile. This is Arocano. Right. Oh, okay. So just so I can paint a visual for everybody, it is served in a, what is it, stem glass? What are these called? Yeah, it's usually served in like a like a champagne type of glass. Yeah, and it is not even barely a, like maybe it's one-sixth of the way filled up, all yeah, done filled I, up, I, I, which I was... means that this is scary. Well, see, I would have filled, usually it's filled up in like the whole glass. Okay. Okay, it's not that Okay, like, I was wondering, I was no, like, this no, no. is gonna, this no, is no, the no. end. It's usually the, the whole glass. Okay. Um, but I just filled it up that much because uh, I didn't know if you would like. If you like it, hey, I'm 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 good with filling up the whole glass, lady. But let's try it. Um, wait, what does it smell like? Oh, paint me a paint me a paint you word picture. Paint me like your. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get hints of uh, nail polish remover. Um, on the on the nose. Oh. <laughs> on the nose. It smells a little bit like whiskey. Okay. Oh, bourbon. It smells a little smoky. Am I just making this up in my head? Am I imagining all these things? I don't know. It's your nose. It's my nose, but my nose doesn't always n- nose. Um, <laughs> uh, it, I get like hints of caramel, caramel. Yeah, I'd say hints of caramel. Other people hints of caramel. It's super Toffee. super. You're just naming things. They're brown. Now. I'm naming things. Maybe it is. It's like the brown color. I'm like name brown food. It is brown. It's like a dark. It looks like it kind of looks like a flat soda. It does look like a flat. Soda. Okay, I'm trying it. Should I try it? Try it. Your face is very perplexed right now. Well, uh, <laughs> you don't like it. Um, look, I appreciate all the effort you put into making this. I just beverage. poured it out of the bottle. Oh, okay. It's literally well, then, out Bethany, of the bottle. Um, it's not great. <laughs> okay. It's really burny. Like, I feel it. I, I feel like my mouth is well sanitized. I like. I'm a personal uh, liker of this uh, particular um, alcohol. Like I said, it's just out of the bottle. I didn't mix anything. I didn't put in a lot of effort with this. It's like the oh, is still you, going. Hey, it's even like thirty eat, seconds. Eat a, eat a Pringle. Eat a Pringle, honey. Uh, I like it, but um, okay. So this is Arocano, uh, and it's very Chilean. Let me tell you about it. It comes in the coolest bottle that's ever existed ever. It says like vigor on it, and if you've ever played like video games, it looks like something that you could throw and would give you a magical power. It's great. It's got like a lime green label. We'll put it on the we'll put it on the page. 
So this one, Don Virgilio Brusco Castanino. Wow. Right. So he arrived at the port of Valparaiso from Italy, and he would be the founder of one of the oldest factories in Valparaiso. And so he arrived at the beginning of the 20th century, and he installed the first distillery of liquors, and they're manufactured according to the European tradition. Um, it's also still made in this exact same way, and it's preserved in the way that um, most liquors are in Europe, and it's preserved with macerated herbs. Um, so they select different types of herbs, roots, flowers, barks, and other things. So if you taste it again, which you don't have to, it's very earthy. Like there's a lot of like, you can taste like the bark of maybe some cinnamon or like some sort of herb in a similar way of fernet. If you've ever had fernet from Argentina, it's, it's, it's similar way, but definitely has a particular taste. Um, that you can neutralize with exactly one Pringle. So, um, it's often either served by itself, which is how I like it, or with Coke, because that's what the Chileans do. Um, so the activities, the commercial venture began in 1907 at the port of Valparaiso. It's like Valparaiso's alcohol, and which I love it because it's so Valparaiso. The, the label's lime green. It's, um, I don't know, it's like, it's still in the same label, in the same style, in the exact same way it was made in 1907. Um, super Chilean. Uh, he received his first award in 1910 for Kina wine that he made, which is made from a bark tree, exhibited in um, Valparaiso, and he wants to wanted to sort of base this beverage around Fernet, which is like like I said, really popular in Argentina, but it definitely has its own distinct taste. Um, so, like I said, the idea was. Chilean product under European tradition with the idea of Fernet in mind. Um, but it was welcomed as like one of the first Chilean products in Europe as like this really good quality product. And in, uh, so in 2017, three generations later, um, Emilio Brusco participated in an international competition called the Spirit Selection Concours Mundial de Bruxelles, whatever, with the same um, bitter because it's considered a, a type of bitter, and he got a silver medal, so it's still winning mm. awards. And so it's very special, like, even if you don't, if if you haven't tried this or you're not a huge liquor fan, then it's still really cool to try, especially if you go to Valparaiso, order a cup of Arocano and, you know, get the full Valparaiso experience. That's what I did. I first tried it in on a, on a, a tour, a walking tour in Valparaiso, and ever since then I was just like, Oh my goodness. It's been compared to Jägermeister as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Because, like I said, very herby. There is definitely a hint of anise in it, but it's different. It's a completely its own thing. A taste of Valpo in a glass. A taste of Valpo in a glass. Exactly. Thank you so much. Yeah. So that's our free beverages. Um, we're going to put the pictures and all sorts of things on our Instagram. And what do you think? Do you hate Jote? Do you love Arocano? Do you have your own recipes making these in special ways? Let us know at our, on our Instagram at Chile Today Podcast or email us Chile Today Podcast at gmail.com, friends. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so thank you guys so much for listening in. Um, We're super happy you joined us. Please let us know if you have any stories. Email us, Instagram us. Talk to us. We love it. Talk to Pinguino. He loves you. He's kind of quiet, but he does speak penguin language. 
and stay safe and drink a cup of Vina for us. Bye. Bye.